Alex. Yes, Addison. Do you like things that are strange, unusual, weird, and wonderful? Uh, it's yeah. That's been said about me. Well, how about uh the South's answer to Miskatonic University? Does that sound appealing to you? I'm here and there on the South, but you've got me. You've got me. <laughs> I've got reel you. me in. Reel me in. I'm hooked. Let me tell you about a podcast. It's called the Alexandria Archives. They're mm-hmm. a friend of the show and an excellent uh, podcast that is about a fictional radio show set at the fictional Alexandria University, and it covers all things weird and wonderful and supernatural and strange, and it's just a good old time. Alexandria Archives. Why does that sound so familiar? Well, it's because they're our sponsor, and also we've both appeared on that show. That would probably do it. <laughs> yes, Alexandria Archives is a really fun, super enjoyable little podcast that takes the format of a radio show on a university campus. And so you'll have fun like narrations and stories. You'll have recurring characters that go on zany adventures and all of it with sort of a paranormal twist to it. That's a lot of fun. It's like think Welcome to Night Vale meets Radio Free Roscoe. That's exactly it. It's great fun. You can find them on iTunes under the Alexandria Archives. You can find them on Twitter at WHAU Signal. And you can find them on their website at alexandriaarchives.com. So that's Alex, like your name. Like mine, yes. Andrea, A-N-D-R-I-A, and then archives, A-R-C-H-I-V-E-S dot com. Dot C-O-M. Dot C-O-M. Yeah, yeah, Wendigos. At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And I really need to figure out what goes after this part. I don't know. Consistently, every week, this is a mess. It changes every time. It does. And it's always a little bit of like a learning curve for us and for them. Do you want me to charge you with my amethyst geode? Oh, yeah. Do that. Just like stick that sucker right over there on my shoulder. That's Oh, perfect. I am just, oh, I am resplendent with crystal energy. This is incredible. Do you have like all the podcast wisdom now? Mm Mm-hmm. I thought you might. Yeah. Ask me something. Ask me anything. Um, Okay. uh, How many rows must a man walk down? Just in general, Before how many you must call he? him a man? Ah, there it is. Well, here's the thing. A man can identify as a man regardless of how many rows they have or haven't walked down. So at any point in time, uh, once I think that the person in question has reached the requisite number of rows for them to feel secure in their identity, that's the point. It's Be- different for everyone. Amazing. Thank you. I'm going to mm-hmm. take my hand with this back now. So... You're the keeper. I am the keeper of this week's cryptid, and it's a doozy. I have a little. I had a little bit of foreshadowing on this one. Uh, yes, she did. Usually, I don't tell Addison what we're talking. Well, usually, neither of us tell the other what we're talking about until we get into the booth. But I did want to give Addison a little bit of a heads up, as I want to give you guys a little bit of a heads up now. If you have arachnophobia, this is not the episode for you. I recommend that you put it down or you make your friend listen to it first and screen it for troubling content because yep. I don't know where this one's going to go, but um, anywhere it does is going to involve giant spiders. Yeah, I was going to so, say, I have a degree of arachnophobia, so Alex texted me last night and said, like, if I do a spider boy, are you going to be okay? And I said, I will be okay. Thank you for asking. That's right. It's okay to sacrifice the gimmick for your friend's well-being. That's yes. number one lesson that you guys take away from the Crypto Keeper today. And that's the number one rule of improv. It's the number one rule of life. Yeah. Keep a safe space, you know? Mm-hmm. That's where trust happens. That's where the magic happens. That's where the comedy gold comes from. Yep. And I'm going to just, like, gently clutch my uh, amethyst geode in my right hand and my um, coffee hot chocolate hybrid in my left. And You may not them... know this, but amethyst is the anti-spider crystal. <laughs> I've Look, Alex... She's going to keep those uh, those spectral spiders out of the booth. Objects retain the meaning that you imbue them with. Do you just like every night just like hug that crystal real close and say no spiders? I no hold spiders, it and no I spiders. whisper <laughs> no spiders into my fist. Anyway. Okay. That's, I mean, that's cute. I'm into it. Thank you. So <laughs> Tell me about this boy. I will. So this cryptid actually goes a little bit. It 
it flies directly in the face of my algorithm that I've previously stated because it is in fact an African cryptid, which I know the last one I did was the Groot Slang, which is also an African cryptid. But this one is a little bit different in that it originates in Africa, but actually has sightings in many places all around the world, which is something that I found fascinating about it. Oh, I don't I don't remember what this is called. I didn't end up reading about it because I don't do that unless I've picked one, mm-hmm. but I came across this in my searches a while back. Yes, this is the Jaba Fofi. Very cool. Can you J, spell that for people? Yeah, J apostrophe B A F O F I. Jaba Fofi. Yeah, the Jaba Fofi. All right. So, we'll start with an article from locklip.com called Jaba Fofi, the giant spiders of Congo. Mm. I was going to say what's the language of origin of the name? I was curious about that. I guess i i am not an expert on african dialects nor do i want to just like oh, yeah, no, fair. assume something but it hails from the congo and that's where it is you know okay. typically so one of the languages native to that area i'm not sure. sure what the the you know native dialect is didn't but. mean to put you on the spot i was just curious yeah you're fine i'm always happy to admit i don't know something so that's isn't that the thesis statement of the show <laughs> yeah at this point it is which is nice because i haven't always been that way and i'm glad that i'm getting there anyway the uh this article opens up with a, a picture that is, you know, definitely photoshopped. This is not a picture of the Jabafufi, but it's a picture of sort of like, if you guys ever played the Legend of Zelda games, it looks like a Skulltula. It's oh. like a, yeah, I'm not going to make you look at the picture. But no, it's, don't make me look at the picture. It, Thank it's you. photorealistic and it's like a, a skull pattern on this giant spider. So that's pretty cool. That's fun. But here we go. Jumping right in. Sheltered by the safety of our homes, we rarely encounter spiders, and when we do, they're usually harmless. Unlike Frodo, fortunately, we don't have to worry about four pairs of hungry eyes watching and waiting for us. However, tribes living in the forest of Congo don't have the advantage of being fictional characters, and the stories they tell are scary because they're real. The advantage of being fictional characters. (laughs) Side note, I feel like all of our Australian listeners are just sitting at home like, just like rolling their eyes because, or like looking skeptically at whatever listening mm-hmm. device they're using because assuming that they don't have to worry about spiders is a little bit rude, I think. Maybe, yeah. This it is not a great article, but many of my Australian friends have recounted shaking their shoes in the morning to make sure there's mm-hmm. no large spiders hiding in them. Yeah, so when I pick sources to use, it's usually because either one, they're really well researched and reliable, two, they're just really fun. Or three, something about the writing style is so, like, uncanny valley that I just have to try reading it out loud and see what happens. And that's the third one? This is definitely the third. I thought it might be. Okay. No, take me away. Take me into the world of uh, the fortunes of fictional characters and scary because it's real. Uh, The stories they tell are scary because they're real. Hidden somewhere in the dark rainforests are the Chibafofi, the Great Spiders. According to locals, these giant arachnids are brown with a purple abdomen and can grow to enormous sizes, having a leg span of over five feet. That's enough to send us all running away terrified. Oh, God, that's... Like, yeah, I should think so. I'm five foot three. (laughs) That's all. That's a me. Leg span, yes, not body size. So just, like, to clarify, I'm not that makes it less horrifying, but... Yeah, but it's leg span is a me. I know. I just want you to keep that in mind because the the measurement scale for this thing gets a little bit off the charts. Mm Mm-hmm. And so just keeping in mind, because sometimes, like, it's talking about the size of, like, the body, and sometimes it's talking about leg span, and sometimes it's comparing yeah. it to other various things. So leg span, five feet is what we're thinking right now. Okay. I want you to know that I am psychologically fine right now. I am not upset, but my body is covered in goosebumps because of my instinctive reaction to that idea. That's good. That will keep you safe. <laughs> Thank you. My, fi- my fight or flight response is finely tuned, by which I mean my flight response. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I'm going to be all right. According to natives, these giants were once common, but now they are rarely encountered. Intrigued by legends of Mokele Mbembe, a dinosaur-like African creature, famous naturalist William J. Gibbons recorded, On this third expedition to equatorial Africa, I took the opportunity to inquire if the locals knew of such a creature, giant spider, and indeed they did. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) They speak of the Chibafufi, which is a giant or great spider. They described a spider that is generally brown in color with a purple abdomen. And this is like literally, I don't know why the article even included this because they just said all of this information Purple verbatim. abdomen. I love the purple mm-hmm. abdomen though. They grow to quite an enormous size with a leg span of at least five feet. The giant arachnids weave together a lair made of leaves similar in shape to a traditional pygmy hut and spin a circular web, said to be very strong, between two trees with a strand stretched across a game trail. 
Has there been a movie where Sean Connery played this guy? Oh God, I hope so. Can you imagine? It just feels like it. That's it. Just feels like this is his character from The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> a little um, bit, yeah. Anyway, mm. lead me down the path. Very good. The path so that's from to Spider Hell. So that's from William J. Gibbons. Oh yeah, we will go directly into Spider Hell. We will, <laughs> we will face God it's and where, walk backwards into Spider Hell. It's where we all go when we die. I'm I sorry. should hope not. I'm so sorry. That's only if you've ever uh, said well actually to a woman who has oh, a degree man. in something you're talking about. Oh, uh, <laughs> gosh. Uh, well, actually, I don't even mind spiders, so it's like, fine. Well, I like snakes. <laughs> I would mind a five-foot spider. <laughs> like, We're both let me not like other girls in this booth, Alex. <laughs> oh, damn. No, um, I understand. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, you can say you're not afraid of spiders, but I think anyone would mind a five-foot spider. Oh, yeah, no, Absolutely. I wish to one day be like other girls. I am inspired by them frequently. <laughs> this is very true and also same. I feel like such a general rule of horror that I wish would come back because it was such a fun like B-movie uh, trope for such a long time is that to make something scary, you just take a regular thing and make it really big. And make big. it so big. And make yeah. it too big. Like um, Night of the Lepus, which is just a movie about a giant rabbit. Um <laughs> I think you mean Bonicula. Bonicula is not giant. Bonicula is a regular sized rabbit. She just happens to drink the fluids from vegetables. Those books are so wild because it's never explained why like Bonicula is even considered to be horrifying. It's just like sort of. Well, they're scared that Bonicula might not be vegetarian, might be like more omnivorous. I know, but that makes literally no sense because like this bunny has never done anything except consume her vegetables in a slightly strange manner. <laughs> She's good. She's really good, Bunny. <laughs> I love her. Anyway. There is an estimated number of 7.7 million species of animals living on Earth. Approximately 1 million of these have been named and classified. Who knows what remains to be discovered? I don't know why I thought you were going to say that 1 million of them are spiders, but I was anticipating One million it of them are spiders. <laughs> I, was, I know that that would make no sense. I have a vague concept of how many animals of in the world spiders are spiders. Work. Yeah, just how many species there are and how many, how many of those are spiders. Just take a wild guess for me. Species of spiders? Yeah, we'll just we'll each guess, and at the end of the episode, I'll look it up. Well, I know that a lot of the species that are, like, undiscovered or, like, continue to be discovered are insects and arachnids. Yeah, but, but like, of the discovered species, how many of the discovered species are spiders? Probably a couple thousand. Yeah. There's definitely a couple thousand at least. Okay, like, I need you to make like a firmer guess. I'm gonna say like ten thousand species 10, 000, of spiders. Okay, ten thousand species of spiders. I'm gonna I'm gonna lowball that I think, um, because are you gonna the prices right it? I am because because there are a lot of like single celled organisms and things out there that may be like related to spiders or generally in that family. But I think arachnidae. I'm going to say. 7,600. Oh, and I guess technically not all arachnids are spiders either because ticks are arachnids. And yeah, so it might be more like you, but I'm going to stand by my guess. Okay, so 10,000, I'm saying 7,600. We'll come back to that at the end and see who wins the prize. (laughs) It's a jar of spiders. (laughs) I don't want that. (laughs) I don't want this prize. Well, then you should have guessed worse. (laughs) Hello, welcome to The Price is So Very Wrong. Oh, God, please help me. Oh, man. You guessed correctly. You get a venomous snake. You get all these spiders. You get a pit of cockroaches. Oprah, like, pulls a cord on stage and spiders just rain from the ceiling. (laughs) Oprah doesn't host The Price is Right, Alex. (laughs) In a better world. You're messing with game show canon. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. In my AU. In your The Price is Right AU. (laughs) Yeah, it's a Price is Right Oprah crossover AU. <laughs> Where she just rains spiders on the audience. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's part of like the great TV show war of the early 2000s. <laughs> oh, I thought it was teaching the audience Where that only capitalism one is wrong. can reign supreme. <laughs> Oprah wins, by the way. Spoilers, but I'm probably not going to finish it at this point. So I understand. If you've been waiting for that update, <laughs> from your fanfiction.com update. Yeah. Last update in Can 2011. Can I finish this article? Yes, please. I'm so sorry. I got excited. It's okay. Giant invertebrates were once a reality. In the past, when the Earth's atmosphere had a higher oxygen content, arachnids and insects grew much larger. Perhaps some have managed to survive, and science has yet to discover them. So, that's like a cool biology fact, actually, that I was reminded of when I saw that article, which is pretty neat, which is... I mean, also viscerally horrifying, but basically the composition of the Earth's atmosphere has changed pretty dramatically over time. Mm-hmm. And so with any given species, there are like limiting factors into why it's the yeah. size that it is, right? Or like why certain populations grow to the size that they are. Like nature is really, really elegant in the way that it sort of structures itself mm-hmm. and the way that pretty much any given creature will have like built in, I guess, 
safeties on how big they can get or how scary they can be. Yeah. Um, but those factors change over time. The safety slider and the scary slider can max <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. They, they absolutely can. But the way that works over time is that we've ended up with certain creatures that can't exist in this atmosphere the same way they could way back when. So you've had animals that have gotten more like, I, I don't want to say like, refined or, or complex over time because that's not necessarily Littler. true. They've just ad- adapted to different environments. So when we're talking about like evolution, it, evolution isn't really a process of like getting stronger. It's a process of adapting better to your environment. Yeah, that's a big mistake I think a lot of people who yeah. per- perhaps don't believe in evolution make, which is they think that evolution has to be linear, like going towards right. something as opposed to it's just a change. Well, yeah. And so people are like, oh, this is the next evolution. And like, well, no, yeah. they, I mean, it's it's creatures adapting to their specific circumstances as the world around them changes. So creatures that start to develop better, like, adaptive functions than you know, survive and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's like like deep sea life adapting to not have a sense of sight. That's not... De- devolution. It's right. just another, like, it's, it, it's, it's yeah. there's no linear, there's no direction. Evolution doesn't have a direction. Yeah. It's less like a, uh, like a line or like a, like a, like that drawing of the monkey turning into the guy mm-hmm. and more like a word cloud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, when you watch like, um, you know, those, those B horror movies that are about like lost islands where dinosaurs still roam, it's why there are like giant bugs and things there because, uh, because yep. the ox- the um, oxygen content is different and the atmosphere is is set up differently. And I know I have like an anti spider bias, but let's be completely serious for a second. Giant bug of any kind is terrible. I don't care how nice the bug is. Have you ever looked at a butterfly's face under a magnifying glass? Because they are it's a lot. It's a nightmare. Um, you know what actually freaks me out a lot? What? This is gonna be so weird. Starfish. Oh, I hate. S- Sorry, I hate starfish. I don't know why. They freak me out. They I had, like, a very intense biology why curriculum it, in high school. Why is it a beak? We Yeah, the beaks are a lot. We dissected starfish. And, like, all their little suckers on their, like, oh, it's it's bad. If starfish were huge, like, there would be no hope for That's any of us. That's a nightmare. And it's not even like starfish would do anything malicious to us. I just wouldn't want to live on the same planet as them, and so I would leave. <laughs> I would evacuate the planet, form a colony on the moon. I was just thinking about a giant grasshopper, and they have those weird little, like, mouths. And have you ever seen grasshoppers do that thing where they, like, spit out, like, black stuff? Yep. Imagine that, but really big. Don't love it. Don't oh, love it. Alex, I just had a very horrible thought. Okay, tell me about your very horrible thought. Praying mantis, but so big. <laughs> I don't love that. Praying mantis, but, like, too But with big. an E. P-R-E-Y-I-N-G mantis. That's my new horror movie. <laughs> praying mantis. Um, it's praying yeah. on you. Mm. Yeah. Very good. That's also a really great name for like a, a bug-themed supervillain, like along the lines of Poison Ivy, except like bugs instead of plants. She just like bites people's heads off. No, she summons her beautiful insect children. That's true. And also I want to just like really quickly do a little bit of damage control on behalf of the praying mantis. This is an this is actually a popular misconception. There's only uh, a few subspecies of praying mantis that actually do the head biting off mating thing. That's actually not a and thing most praying mantis favorites. Hashtag not all praying mantises. <laughs> like actually okay they're feminist icons that's true people just like the the creepy one so that's like the one mm-hmm. people people are drawn to and i i admire that and i appreciate it yeah i still have people who will occasionally like tweet at me about the lightning bug thing because they're like really into that story oh yeah i love that yeah. <clears throat> anyway let's go to wikipedia yeah most reliable of sources uh you know wikipedia actually on this one has come through because there's a really like thorough bibliography here mm-hmm. with like all of this and it's citing stuff like uh lauren coleman and oh. like william j gibbons from his like original reports yeah. and so it's, it's Our guy cool lauren coleman. yeah i really quickly just have a really quick wikipedia anecdote and i might have told this on the podcast before so if i have i'm sorry please don't throw me in internet jail but when i was in high school I, my high school is in a small town called Berryville. Um, this isn't like it's fine. I don't care. We were in a Wendy's commercial. That's a whole weird thing because they were s- selling a berry almond chicken salad, and they were like Berryville, Virginia. But that's not what the story is about. Just basically, we went through a period where people would edit Wikipedia pages about the town because Wikipedia is really good at catching the bigger pages when you edit mm-hmm. stuff. But small pages, stuff can slip through the cracks really yes. easily. And I don't remember this kid's name. Slash, if I did, I probably wouldn't say it just because I don't want to blow up his spot for no reason. Uh, out him as a Wikipedia liar, but he put himself as the founder of Berryville on the Wikipedia page. That's good. And there was a guy who wrote like a self-published book about the history of Berryville, and he named that kid as the founder of Berryville. No! <laughs> oh, no! 
That's wild. It was a whole big, like, scandal at my high school. People were like, who did this? That's phenomenal. And all the teachers were trying to figure out if he did it himself or one of his friends did it. And actually, to be fair, I don't actually know. Yeah. No, that's wild. That's so great. This is, okay, I don't want to go down, like, too much of a rabbit hole, but this is something I love so much because when I was, like, taking any of my history courses in college, this is all I could think about, right? It's this idea that, like, our concept of history is so formalized in, like, this distant thing of, like, people who had, like, an honor code back then or whatever. And, like, people who were like, oh, things aren't what they used to be. Like, here's the thing. Humans have always been trash garbage. Oh, yeah. Humans like, have always sucked. Humans have always been meme lords who will do whatever they can to mess with the flow of things. And so, like, you know that somewhere along the line there is some history book fact, like, that we've just gotten wrong because somebody decided to put it in there somewhere. As a prank. Yeah. Like, straight up. Years from now, people might look back and genuinely believe that child was the founder of Barryville because that might be the text that survives. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, if you have some time, look up ancient graffiti because oh it God, is it's amazing. so fun. People have always just been like, I was here. <laughs> like, yeah, just, Marcus was here. <laughs> like, everybody's instinct when they see, like, beautiful, like, fresh, new, like, architecture or, like, a clean wall mm-hmm. is just to write, like, Marcus was here or, like, uh, Cleopatra and Antony forever. Just, like, it's, yeah. It's so good. Anyway, please take me... Or like, uh, Marcus Callis' mom is hot. Like, yeah, like, straight up. There is old graffiti that says stuff like that. Yep. Okay, so it's time for Drag Me to Hell to Drag Me Straight to Spider Hell. Let's go. <laughs> uh, the title's a little bit unwieldy, but I think we can work with it. Incidentally, I did find out um, the language that Jabafofi comes from is Baka. Mm. B-A-K-A. Rad, okay. Yeah, from the Baka tribe in the Congo. So the Jabafofi, also known as the Congolese giant spider, mm-hmm. is a cryptozoological creature that is said to exist in the Congo, possibly representing a new species of arachnid. Popular interest in the creature was sparked by the release of Mokele Mbembe, Mystery Beast of the Congo Basin by William Gibbons in 2010. Oh, that's recent. Yeah, pretty recent. I was assuming by the way this man writes that it was the 30s. I, it was not helped by the way I was delivering his dialogue, but that's fair. <laughs> but still, yeah. I, I assumed he was in a safari hat and it was the 1930s and he was just blissfully unaware of the impending war with Germany. I mean, he might still be in a safari hat. <laughs> that's true. Although best known for sightings within Africa, the purported creature has been reported worldwide. No. Yes. No, this is like when I found out that sometimes there's this species of Brazilian spider that lives in banana crates and, like, makes its way into the United States, and I wouldn't buy bananas for, like, a month. I don't know why I wouldn't buy the bananas, because the spider's not still with the bananas. They just come here in the crates. <laughs> like, creepy little eight-legged You, like, stowaways. peel it and it pops out. <laughs> no, they're too big. Like, they're, like, the size of your hand. That would be a large banana. Only buy the small bananas. <laughs> Like the little ones? I love yeah, the, the little, little ones. ones. They're like little uh, they're like little banana fingers. Pretty great. <laughs> Although giant spider sightings have taken place since the late 19th century, the recent surge in interest began with the publication of Gibbon's book. The researcher was familiar with the sighting by Reginald Boyd of an enormous spider in Zimbabwe in 1938. There it is. So there's your safari boy. That's what I was expecting. And while speaking to Baca natives about the Mokele Mbembe, he asked them if they had ever seen such a creature. They were familiar with a similar beast that they called the Jibafufi and gave it a like description. The Baca said that the Jibafufi of the Congo would spin a web between two trees which they utilized to capture birds and other small game animals. Their eggs were the size of peanuts and juveniles were yellowish with purple abdomens. When they matured, they would turn brown and were four to five feet in length. The Baca said that they were strong enough to overpower humans, and that they would kill a Jabafufi if it made its nest too close to the village. The spiders are described by Baca natives as weaving layers made of leaves and spinning a circular web between two trees. The Baca told Gibbons that these spiders are now rare due to dwindling habitat. Descriptions of giant spider sightings elsewhere bear a similar resemblance with some variants in color. So here's what I think is so profoundly interesting about this character is that, for one thing, the information that we have on the Jabafofi is all, like, really scientific in nature. It's all very, like, having to do with the entirety of its life cycle, having to do with its environment and, like, its hunting methods. It's not just, like, a, you know, 
well, people say that if yeah. you see one, if you go too far into the jungle, like it's yeah. literally people are like, oh, yeah, sometimes a five foot spider attacks our village and we have to kill it with fire. Like this isn't a terrible curse long ago born this spider into the world. It's like uh, we see them and this is kind of how their habitats yeah. look and the babies look like that. And if you see the yeah, eggs, don't literally, mess with it's them. straight up. Oh, that's a giant spider nest. This is another These example. are their eggs. They change color as they grow. We have an entire text on them. I think similarly to the Ahul, this is one that I'm, I think is probably either it is exists or did exist and went extinct because and and people just didn't take it as seriously because people are assholes when they talk to uh, people in like African tribal yep. communities and don't believe people or take them seriously. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is just a spider that either existed and went extinct or just is still around. And saying that. I felt good about it, and now I feel <laughs> now you feel horrible about bad it. Ab- about it. I don't feel great about the fact that like they're saying that its habitat is being destroyed, and that's why it's disappearing. Like, I'm sorry, I don't care how creepy the animal is. Like, deforestation's not okay. Deforestation's not okay. I kill it, kill it, kill it. I'm sure it serves an important role in the ecosystem, but I want it gone. Um, this is okay. why I'm not, I'm not in charge of anything no, with fine. spiders. Addison, let me paint you a word picture. Mm-hmm. So you and your cryptid extermination company are hired to go no! into the Congo. No, it's fine. Just oh. listen. Just listen. Okay. You're hired to go into the Congo and rid this town of the Jabafufi mm-hmm. and therefore free them from giant spiders forever. Okay. okay. So you do this. That's a noble cause. A just and cause. So you do this and you go in, you take all of your equipment with you, you like just go buck wild in this forest, you get rid of all the spiders, you like have completely cleared out the area. Ten years later, whatever the Jabafofi was hunting is now in charge. Oh, no. See, I thought, like, one of its descendants was going to come back for me and no, seek revenge. No, you got rid of it. Oh. It's easy to do. Humans have completely annihilated species before. I'm going to... See, that's the problem, is I don't want to, like, mess up the delicate ecosystem. Like, when I was a kid and I would play Sim Park, mm-hmm. and I would get too many wolves, and they would eat all the deer, and then all the plants yep. the deer ate would overrun everything, and then the kudzu would just take over the whole park, and I'd have to close it. And kudzu is way worse than wolves. Yeah. Straight up. Kudzu's the worst. <laughs> I didn't know it was a real plant because when it... Sh- uh, it sounds like an alien plant. Well, and also when you would click on it in the game, it played like this weird, like, scary music. <laughs> That's because the Sim Park people knew that Kudzu was Someone the real Someone who's terror. played Sim Park confirmed this because otherwise I had a haunted game. I don't know. I played Sim Safari. I never played Sim Park. I might have had a haunted copy of Sim Park. <laughs> That's... Wow, that's a lot. It's my new creepypasta. We're unpacking a lot here. Um, do you hear about some sightings? I do. I've you, decided. You do. I've molded over. You do. It's interesting. Yes. I've molded over. I've given it consideration. I've weighed the pros and cons. I've decided I would like to hear some sightings. If at any point you need to leave the booth and you just need me to finish, <laughs> then just let me know. No, I'm going to stay strong for uh, my fans and for my art. I appreciate you. Thank you. I understand what you're doing here, and I see it. I appreciate you, too. 1890s, Uganda. Missionary Arthur Symes from England was on an expedition to a village near Lake Nyasa when several of his porters became ensnared by a huge web that had been strung up in the forest. They were attacked by several large spiders and were bitten. Oh, no. 1938, Zimbabwe. Reginald and Marguerite Lloyd were driving a Ford truck through a trail when they reportedly spotted a spider as large as a large jungle cat. It resembled a reddish-brown tarantula but had an estimated leg span of five feet. After briefly pausing in front of their vehicle, it scurried off into the jungle. Their daughter, Marguerite Lloyd, would would later relate this story in the 1990s to William Gibbons. Ford, go further, away from spiders. Away from the spiders. Why did they have to tell us it was a Ford? That was such a weird detail. 1942, Papua New Guinea. Mm -hmm. During the Kokoda Track campaign, an Australian soldier at the Kokoda Trail said that he encountered a puppy-sized spider inhabiting a 30-foot-sized web. That's a way too cute way to describe that spider. I know. Oh, that spider's puppy size. There are other things that size that are you not. You could literally be like, that That spider's the size of a toaster. But no, you chose to look at that and say, oh, look at the puppy size spider. <laughs> Puppies are the size of a toaster. I like that comparison. <laughs> Thank you. It was described as being black with a bulky body, as well as hairy like a tarantula. 1948. Leesville, Louisiana, United oh, no. States. Oh, no. It's across the seas. Okay. William Sladen and his grandchildren were walking north on Highway 171 to church when he motioned them to stop. After hearing a rustling in the bushes ahead, a spider described as the size of a wash tub emerged and crossed the road. One of the grandchildren later told this story to his own son, Todd Partain, director of the documentary film Eyes in the Dark, The Sasquatch Experience. <gasps> what? Yeah, right? My guy. Yeah, what a 
What a dude. A kindred spirit. Mm -hmm. I love that. See, I think his life was forever changed by the story of the unexplained giant spider. I think perhaps this family has some mystical cryptid energy that draws the strange and unusual to them. It's kind of like a spider Rick Chronicles deal. Oh, I like that. I do. I do like that. They've got that good cryptid energy. Mm-hmm. 1960s, Vietnam. Okay. Craig Woodheater posted a story that he received regarding a U.S. scout team in Vietnam. One of the scout team members claimed to have run across spiders that had bodies the size of dinner plates and were 20 to 30 inches wide in total diameter. They were always seen in groups near water sources. So this sounds like a different species to me. It does, and also I don't want to, like, say implicitly that that's what's going on here, but I mean, this wasn't super far from the time when the United States military was testing LSD on its soldiers. And this straight up does sound like LSD. Yeah, there, but... the, like, 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 let's be clear here. There was a period in which the U.S. military was testing LSD on its soldiers because they thought it might make them super soldiers. So I'm not saying that yeah. there aren't giant spiders in Vietnam. Like 1948 family Louisiana walking to church, probably not LSD. 1960s Vietnam, U.S. military scout team, very possibly LSD. Yeah, or just being in a foreign country in a war zone terrified and seeing a slightly large spider and just exaggerating the size. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just putting out some possibilities. It could also have just been a giant spider that hopped a plane from the Congo. Also possible, yeah. He he hid in cargo storage and he just hopped over. In the banana crates. In the banana crates. He's on the wing. Can you imagine seeing <laughs> it on the wing of the, of the plane? William Shatner, there's something out there. There's a colonial woman on the wing. She's churning butter. <laughs> Bridesmaids. Anyway. 2000. Cameroon. Oh, wow, recent, okay. Timbo, chief of the Baka tribe in Cameroon, tells William Gibbons that in November 2000, a Jabafofi had built a nest near the village. 2001, Nottingham, England. No. Sorry, every time it's like somewhere unexpected, it's everywhere. Yeah, they're in a lot of places. It's in Europe, too. Is this in every, have we hit every continent yet? Not um, Australia. We have not yet hit. Or South America? South America. Okay. We've not yet hit Australia. We've hit Asia, we've hit Europe, we've hit Africa, we've hit North America. Not Antarctica. They have not. They've not got Arctic yet. Given maybe time. that's where they live. Maybe. No, it's too cold up there. The little, the little bodies would freeze. Two thousand one. A local librarian was driving along Nottingham's Stone Bridge Road, and spotted a huge tarantula-like spider crossing the road. She estimated that the body was the size of a dinner plate, similar to the Vietnam sighting, and with legs, and with legs included, had a total width of two feet. Sorry, okay. sometimes the parsing is like a little weird. It's okay. That's not nearly as big. I'm not saying no. a two-foot spider isn't horrible because it is. It is bad. But that might be either a different species or one that is not entirely matured. Yeah, it might be a little, not sure. little small guy. I mean, that's not that small. No, it's pretty small. For a spider puppy that's... Puppy-sized. <laughs> no. It's a spider puppy. How <laughs> dare they compare it to a puppy? And My I know, son is beautiful and has many legs. I'm sure he will grow strong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are people listening to this who have pet spiders who are getting pretty mad at me. And I want to clarify something. I do genuinely like appreciate the role that spiders play in the ecosystem. And I understand consciously, like in my thinking brain, my non-reptilian brain, that a lot of it, that tarantulas can actually be like playful and they like play with like balls of string and stuff. And have, they can I be... ever, have I ever told you my tarantula girl story? From oh, yes, school? you have. <laughs> um, That's a trip. I just, I just, and I don't want anyone to think that I bear ill will toward their, toward their eight-legged friends. I just, it's, I have, I have a, I have a phobia and I, and I can't be around them and I can respect them. I just need them to not look at me or be near me, I and understand. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get into, like, my full tarantula girl story yeah. here because telling the entire thing is, like, an experience and is one that I pull <laughs> out at dinner parties and, like, you have to be there for the whole thing. But the basic premise of this story is that one time in high school I was riding the bus home and, uh, you know, sitting by myself, headphones on, like, just ready to, like, zone out to some Chicago and, like, get ready for that that good ride home. And uh, this girl from my art class gets on and, like, sits down next to me. And um, she's not somebody I'd ever had a conversation with in my life. She was wearing, like, an oversized hoodie, but she was always wearing an oversized hoodie, so I didn't think anything of it. And throughout, like, the first few minutes of this bus trip, she keeps, like, stealing sideways glances at me. And I'm like, I, I don't know what's happening. Is this, like, a weird meet-cute or, like, what is – I don't know. Like, why are you looking at me? Do I have something on my face? So I eventually, like, pull one of my earphones out, and I'm like, hey. And she's like, do you like tarantulas? And uh, 
not having expected that question, I sort of think on it for a second. I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I don't tend to really mind spiders. I've never had a tarantula, but I think that would be fine. And she goes, oh, good, because I've been carrying this one around for a while. <gasps> Unzips her jacket and pulls out a tarantula cage and sits it on her lap. They're in between us on the bus seat. That's so wild. <laughs> so apparently what had happened was during lunch, she and her friends had been consuming some marijuana. I was going to think of like a euphemistic way to say that, but they were just The devil's up. lettuce. They were they were just smoking weed at lunch. And my high school was, in addition to being like a, just a bizarre place in general, was positioned close enough that you could straight up just leave campus and walk downtown if you wanted. Many mm-hmm. people did. And there were so many people at this high school that like nobody cared. The devil's oregano. The devil's oregano. And under the influence of Lucifer's leaf, she had walked downtown to the pet store and bought a tarantula because her tarantula at home needed a mate. (laughs) And then she brought the tarantula back to school and uh, kept it like in her locker for a little bit and then realized she couldn't do that to a spider. And so she just carried it around under her hoodie all day and wanted. And to be fair, like as a responsible tarantula owner, I respected that at least on the bus, she wanted to like, you know, get it out and not have to carry it under her hoodie all day. So like that was fine, but it was not something that I was prepared for or have ever forgotten. Her motivations are very romantic and I appreciate that. She's the Jane Austen of arachnids and I like that, (laughs) but that is my nightmare. If someone on a bus with me, an enclosed space I cannot leave, pulled out a spider. To be fair, she did ask first. So I think if she'd said, do you like tarantulas? And you'd said, God, no, I have arachnophobia. She wouldn't have been like, well, suck it up. I mean, she, she then, probably would have been like, okay, just, just asking. But then I would have wondered what kind of sick mind games this person was playing with me. And I don't think you understand the, the psychological torture that question would wreak on me for the rest of the bus ride. I'd be like, why did she ask that? What's going on? What's in and her- I guess that's fair. See, the thing like at my school is this did not strike me as a particularly odd like social introduction. Mm-hmm. This was not like a weird conversation starter giving the people that I knew. Mm-hmm. So I was just ready to accept like that's an odd question, but like I respect that you're trying to reach out and make friends. Yeah. My eighth grade science teacher had just like a little like nightmare lab in his room because mm-hmm. I love snakes, but I know a lot of people are afraid of them and have mm-hmm. kind of a visceral fear of them. And he had a bunch of non-venomous snakes in his room, which I loved and liked to help like feed and interact with and stuff. And a lot of the people in my class were scared of. Then he had a couple of tarantulas, which I was terrified of. Yeah. And a couple of people thought they were really cool. And then he had an aquarium with piranhas in it. That's buck wild. So he just had like a fun little like, it was like, welcome 13 year olds to the nightmare room. One time in sixth grade, my science teacher slash homeroom teacher had a dead bat in his microwave. Oh, God. He was a character. My, uh, there are many stories I could tell about this man who shall remain unnamed on the podcast. I, but My science teacher's name was Mr. Leg. That's phenomenal. And he did triathlons, which is my favorite ver- favorite thing about well, that. Well, of course he did. He knew. He's he Mr. had to. Leg. He was the chosen one. Uh, He's the sports anime protagonist. He also had a freezer full of mice because he didn't want to feed live mice to the snakes because he thinks it's cruel. I understand. So he, he fed them frozen mice. Cool. I have two more sites. Sorry, please. No, you're fine. 2011, Amazon. And it's unclear if this is, like, the Amazon or if this is Amazon distribution company. I was going to say, is this the Amazon headquarters? Hard to tell. British cinematographer Richard Terry traveled to the Amazon to investigate reports of giant spiders in the June 13th episode of Man vs. Monster. At a remote village, he was informed that giant spiders lived in holes deep within the jungle. These spiders measured roughly four feet in diameter. No, thank you. (laughs) Goodbye. No, thanks. And 2016, Dominican Republic. I would like to opt out of that subscription. Thank you. <laughs> spiders Prime. You've subscribed to Spider Facts. Automatic spiders. What's that Amazon thing where you can get a button that just like reorders the thing? One of those, but for spiders. Oh, see, I was thinking about when Amazon was trying to do that thing where the person delivering your package could just come into your house, but it's a spider. Good lord, no. <laughs> Did you know about that? That was like a no, thing. No, spider drones, though. Can you imagine? Like a like an Amazon drone like flying up to your house, but it's just got a spider. <laughs> Is the spider the pilot or the passenger? The passenger. The spider is, like, being delivered by drone. <laughs> it's a robot-spider hybrid. Wow. Um, They're evolving. I didn't think you could present me with a cyberpunk universe that I would hate, but you've done it. Congratulations. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. 2016, Dominican Republic. Mm. South America. There we go. Yep. Where do you think the Amazon is? Oh, I didn't even think... <laughs> I. We were joking about it being the Amazon headquarters, and I got too lost in the You're fiction. Right. Um, 2016, Dominican Republic. 
Tourists were confronted by a spider the size of a tortoise after one of their tour vehicles broke down in the middle of a rainforest. No. A massive spider lurched out of the vegetation towards one of the tourists who captured it on camera. I thought it was just going to say captured it. I was like, who captured it? Why? It just like hurls itself out of the forest. You're like, whoa, buddy. You catch your Pokeball. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, My favorite thing about this spider, this giant spider creature, is that everyone who has described it has found like a different, very strange simile. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's the size of a puppy or a dinner plate-sized spider. Or a tortoise. this roughly tortoise-sized spider. Like, now, oh these gosh. are smaller than the original descriptions of this thing because five feet is not tortoise-sized, nor is it dinner plate-sized. Okay, that's part of why I wanted to... I would love some five-foot dinner plates, though. That's part of why I wanted to clarify with you from the beginning that five feet is the size of the leg span. Oh, no, I know. So not, like, the body. Oh, so, like, I'm sorry, you're right. I was thinking of the entire... But I was thinking of its entire, like diameter being that for some reason i know what you mean now it's like if you took him and you like spread his little legs out on like a spider rack please do not (laughs) i'm not saying you should let me say i do not advocate for the torture of spiders so that's why i'm saying like this one for example was the size of a dinner plate but its legs had a width of two feet Mm -hmm. so like dinner plate sized like i don't have any two foot dinner plates Mm -hmm. but like so there's a, a distinction there yeah and so like the descriptions of the size of these things go off a little bit um I mean, they're, they're in a lot of different sizes, but to be fair, like, any species of spider, you're going to have some size variation, and in one that That's big, true. I guess the variations will, like... Be more dramatic. Be more noticeable, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, a lot of the time there are size differences uh, in the different sex sexes of the spider mm-hmm. or things like that. All I can think about now, my brain is taking me to some really... Uh, I'm taking the train to the bad place in my brain all this episode. Uh, and I don't know if you're familiar. I'm just remembering like an old nightmare of mine and like not a nightmare, like a nightmare I actually had more just like a, like a, like a daymare, like a horrible, like daydream I go to sometimes when I'm just want to live in fear or when my brain decides to take me on a a bad journey. Um, are you familiar with the R.L. Stein classic Go Eat Worms? I am not. It's a, it's a Goosebumps book about like a kid who, uh, like is obsessed with worms, uh, but like he treats, but he like does like weird experiments on them and like hmm. is like you know how kids like are assholes and do things like cut yeah. worms in half and like he's doing like a science fair th- project on worms and he's putting them through all these horrible like situations like extreme cold Yikes. extreme heat and basically all these worms start like appearing in his like pillowcase and in his hat and like in his shoes I and, don't like, love that it's the worms taking revenge on him for what he's done to their friends and family it's actually one of the most horrifying goosebumps I books of the entire series and my worst nightmare as a kid when I would when I would see a spider, I would never stomp on it ever. Even oh, though my yeah. first instinct was to kill it, and because I wanted it rid from my sight and also the world, um, because my actual belief, especially when I was younger, especially around when I read Go Eat Worms, was if I killed a spider, its family would see me and they would come in the middle of the night and they would crawl across my face. Yikes! And that was my absolute worst nightmare. See, that's funny. I had no... I mean, it's not funny. It's really bad. But... Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Uh, that's hysterical. I didn't have any, like... <laughs> what a story, what a Mark. Story, Mark. Um, I didn't have any concept of that, but I do remember that at one point in my AP Biology class, which you guys will hear a lot more about my AP Biology class as I go on through here because it was buck wild. It was taught by a man who literally spends his summer swinging through the Amazon discovering new species. <laughs> so, um, it was intense. I had, like, a quite the biology curriculum. But, yeah. anyway, uh, we at one point were doing experiments experiments on tardigrades, which are nature's most horrifying mistake. Oh, They're not a mistake. I love tardigrades, but I, also they scare me. I, I don't. You are familiar with tardigrades, yes? I am. The little tiny gummy bear-shaped things that can survive literally anything. <laughs> we had an entire day where the entire point of our class was, try to find a way to kill these tardigrades. Bet you can't. And we couldn't. <laughs> you can literally, like, freeze them and they will come back to life. You can, like, put them in alcohol concentrations of up to nearly 100% and they will just straight up get a little loopy and keep swimming. Consider this. What if those but giant? Uh, There's an episode of The Adventure Zone about that, actually. I haven't gotten to that. Yeah, it's in like Crystal Kingdom, I think. Spoilers. Anyway, sorry. It's okay. Uh, Yeah, they are horrible. Like, if those things were any bigger than they are now, um, we would have to run for the hills. They would run the world and we would belong to them. We could do nothing. They are so cute under a microscope, though. Yeah, but a lot of things that are cute when they're little, when you make them real, real big, are bad. Oh, no. I mean, that's why I'm clarifying. Like, under a oh, microscope. Yeah. I mean, like, they, they, they are some body horror. They're, like, a little uncomfy, but also they're kind of cute. You look at them and you're like, aw. <laughs> they're, like, little stumpy, weird gummy bear things. It's, it's so cute. Um, okay. Arguments against the Jabafufi. 
Um, against what? It's politics? Arguments against it. We don't <laughs> like what it stands for. Its platform is bad. Giant spiders? No thank you. In our schools? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say arguments against arguments against its tax platform? Yeah, it's real what? bad. No, arguments against like the existence of it. Oh, I was going to say, what does he think about income taxes? What's he think? <laughs> uh, we want to know. We want some transparency from the giant spider king. Mm-hmm. There is speculation that sightings, either the Jabafofi or giant spiders elsewhere, are actually misidentifications of coconut crabs. <gasps> oh, I hate coconut crabs. Mm-hmm. I'm very sorry, which is the largest terrestrial crab and can grow to over three feet. No, it's okay. The reason I hate coconut crabs is the reason I hate spiders, and it's because coconut crabs look like spiders. Fair. Have you seen them? I mean, yes. I have, like, the article pulled up here. Okay, I wasn't sure if there was a picture. Coconut crabs terrify me. (laughs) They're a lot. I like regular crabs. I think they're cool. I like the way they walk sideways. I kept hermit crabs when I was like a small kid. Aww. Um, I got really attached to them. I had a f- I made my family have a funeral for one when she died. Oh no! They were to clarify hermit crabs. <laughs> still, a loss is a loss. Now tell That's me right. about these uh, potential coconut crabs. An argument against the existence of the Jabofofi is the fact that spiders have a simple respiratory system that limits the size they can achieve, with the Goliath bird eater representing the highest end of the growth spectrum for an arachnid. Um, the Goliath bird eater, for reference, is about 11 inches, like, in diameter. That is still too many. It's very many. Another contrary viewpoint is that a spider's exoskeleton could not support the weight generated by a creature the size of the Jabafofi, which is another fair point. Like, creatures with exoskeletons are also, like, extremely limited in the kind of structure they can have because mm-hmm. th- it's not the weight distribution, like, gets weird. Let me propose a troubling concept to you. It has a skeleton. Yeah, this it's got spider a spider has a skeleton. skeleton. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Uh, I'm thinking of like a giant spider with like arthritis, and it just like clicks a little bit as it comes towards you. Oh like, god! Rrr. It can crack its eight knuckles. Oh, its I knuckles don't its love legs. that. Yikes! <laughs> They're all like I'm imagining that the structure of its skeleton is like a giant hand. Yikes! It's like a giant hand. With oh eight man! Uh, this episode has gone like kind of long because we've gotten off on a lot of tangents, but there are a few more things I do want to touch. I was going to say, please do. Here is an article from the Daily Star, which you can tell how reputable it is because the Daily Star app on the App Store has zero stars. (laughs) (laughs) You're a Daily Star. Uh, Okay, so here's the headline. Spider, size of a bus, hiding on remote island spotted on Google Earth. What? Yep. This is from 20th July, 2016. No thanks. No thanks. Eagle-eyed, creepy crawly hunters have found what they believe is a giant spider hiding on a remote island. Pictures on Google's mapping tool show what could be the massive insect scuttling on an island off the coast of Mexico. The discovery has prompted fears that the Jabafofi, also known as the Congolese giant spider, has spread to Central America. The mysterious breed is said to exist in the Congo and is alleged to be as large as a monkey. <laughs> like, can we just pick an animal? Okay, but also monkeys vary in size from, like, yes. really small yes. to, like, pretty big. But it has only been seen a handful of times since the 1930s. Not everyone is certain it's a spider, however. One Brit commented, The Jabafofi has returned, but this time in Mexico. First the Congo, then the Amazon, Louisiana, U.S., Peru, New Guinea, now Mexico. They're slowly starting to spread. Be aware and careful. Renowned UFO hunter Scott C. Waring posted the picture to his popular UFO sightings daily website and claimed it was a monster crab. He wrote, The crab itself looks enormous, about the size of a bus, using the road as a measurement at the end of the video. This is an awesome discovery, and just goes to prove that scientists don't have the slightest clues about the hidden giant species that exist in the oceans of the world. At this size, it would devour an entire person to satisfy its hunger. Oh my god. So watch out for this giant spider when you are on your next fishing trip, and be aware, you may be the next catch. I actually could buy a giant crab that size. There are some species of crab that are very big. Mm Mm-hmm. The Japanese spider crab currently holds the record for largest crustacean. There it is. Boasting a four-meter leg span. Oh, my God. But as the name suggests, these are typically found off the southern coast of Honshu, Japan. Several have called time on the chilling picture, however. Many claim the discovery was a hoax, after YouTuber Mexico Greek refused to publish the coordinates after uploading it to the web. The picture has little depth and shadow, and as one YouTube commenter pointed out, no coordinates, hoax, people like you love clickbait. So, oh, there's that. That's so interesting. Have you seen spider crabs? Did they have a picture in this article? Uh, I don't have a picture of the spider crabs. I think you should Google image Japanese spider crabs. I think you should see what they look like. My own two eyes. You did a whole episode about a giant spider. I want you to see a Japanese spider crab. Whoa. <laughs> oh, they're spooky, aren't they? Look at this ghosty boy. They're real scary. Look at him. Ah. <laughs> they don't 
don't look real, do they? It translates into tall-legged crab, which I love. <laughs> it's slender crab. It is slender crab. It's literally, this is straight up slender yeah. crab. This looks like a creature from like a Mario game. Oh, I know. They don't look real. They do not. They're really bizarre. Oh, that's buck wild. Spider crabs are kind of like if you took a crab. Four meters though? Yeah, that's because their leggies are really long. They're them legs so long. <laughs> How them legs so long? She had legs that went on for days. Oh, those legs go all the way up. Yes, <laughs> they do. Mm-hmm. All the way up to its thorax. I just like to say thorax. Thorax. Anyway, anything else for me about the that? I think that's gonna do it. <laughs> this giant spider. Yep, that's that'll do it for us. It's troubling. So I'm gonna ask you to rate this one. Oh. I need you to rate the Jabafofi on a scale from uh, dinner plate to puppy. <laughs> your system is, your scale is flawed. Uh, I, see, I see a flaw yes. in your scale. Yes. <laughs> there is a um, massive flaw on the scale. I would like to rate it on a scale of dinner plate to puppy, negative um, 11. Okay. Uh, do not recommend. Fair. Kill it with fire, eradicate it from the face of the earth. Okay, um... Would that also be the Amazon review you would leave on this thing if a drone dropped off at your doorstep? Negative stars. Negative stars? Negative stars. Okay, negative stars. Will not repurchase. <laughs> Had to burn my house to the ground with me inside. Uh, found the, the ad to be a little misleading. This thing said it was dinner plate size, and when I received it, it was actually the size of a puppy. So, uh, was not as described. Negative stars. Did try to eat me and my family. Also, the website said it would be yellowish with a purple abdomen, and this one's brown, so... Mm-hmm. Colored in the description and picture inaccurate. Negative stars. Would not repurchase. And then a whole bunch of, like, really low-quality pictures of this giant spider. <laughs> and then mine would just dissolve into gibberish because I would have collapsed uh, and died on my keyboard from the fear of facing this thing in person. Really nice of the spider to go ahead and publish that for you, though. Yeah. He clicked the button for me. He didn't, oh, want my la- he didn't want my last action to go unnoticed. He was like, oh, this seems a little bit harsh, but, I mean, I guess if it's what she wanted. <laughs> and he sent it off. Do you any announcements that. for our listeners? <laughs> I do not actually have any announcements for our listeners. Uh, when will the next episode of A Horror Borealis be out? Uh, the next one will be up on Monday again. Yep, as of right now, we're releasing those weekly, and they are available to any donor tier. So any donation that you make, whether it's, you know, a dollar or anything upward of that, mm-hmm. will get you access to all of that audio. If so, you're not familiar with A Horror Borealis, what is it? A Horror Borealis is our current secret second podcast <laughs> that exists within our Patreon for donors. It is an actual play podcast podcast of the Monster of the Week system, which is a tabletop RPG powered by the apocalypse, and it basically riffs on, like, old 90s shows like The X-Files or Buffy the Vampire Slayer that have sort of a new monster that the characters have to fight in every, mm-hmm. you know, little arc or episode. Um, so as of right now, we have three episodes currently available for you, with the fourth going up on Monday. It's been a lot of fun so far. Um, it features some really neat character archetypes up in the fictional town of Revenant, Alaska, which is just north of the Arctic Circle and outside the gates of the Arctic National Park. So you can imagine things get kind of spooky up in there. Mm-hmm. And I want to give a final thank you to our sponsor this week, the Alexandria Archives. You can find them on iTunes under Alexandria Archives. You can find them on Twitter at WHAU Signal, and you can find them on their website, alexandriaarchives.com. So as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. Mm-hmm.